Hey lady, do you sometimes feel like you've lost yourself? Are you internalizing your feelings and walking around on eggshells either at home or at work? Maybe there is something missing in your life, but you just can't quite figure out what it is. Or even worse, you know what it is, but you feel stuck and you can't move forward. Well, I have been there more often than I care to admit. I spent more than 20 years climbing the corporate ladder only for it to come to an abrupt end during a 10 minute meeting. (laughs) I was so busy climbing that ladder to satisfy one aspect of myself that I neglected to take the time I needed to really focus on how to achieve true balance in every aspect of my life. Hi, I'm Anya Day, and welcome to the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast, where I give women practical tips on how to find their voice through changing their mindset, identifying their passion, and owning their story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, go grab your favorite glass of wine or cup of tea if you're driving, relax, And let's peel away the layers of our complex onion to unleash our authentic voice that the world deserves to hear. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast. Today's guest is Donita Fowler. Welcome, Donita. Say hello. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm very pleased to have you. So Zanita is the author of a journal that was just released called Survival, My Journey from Tragedy to Blessings. And I am pleased to have her here. Zanita and I became connected about like two years ago. Is that right? Yes. Well, yeah. Almost two years ago. Just July. Almost two years ago. We were in the same mentee group and we were on a very similar path to write a book. It's interesting how you get on one path to do one thing and then things change and life disrupts you and everything happens for a reason. So although we didn't finish our original projects, Donita ended up working on a different project and it was a prayer journal, which she is going to share more about. But I really wanted her on here because she talks a lot about owning your peace. And I am definitely an advocate of everybody owning their true story, owning their peace and really walking in the authority of who they are. So I'm so happy that you're here today. So first, I want to start off with asking a question that I ask all of my guests, because I think that it's important to sort of reflect uh, reflect on which where you thought you were going to go versus where you ended up. So That's I want to know, when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? And how did huh. that work out for you? <laughs> wow. So when I was younger, I wanted to be an architect, ironically. And I'm in that field to some degree right now because I'm a commercial property manager, which means I work with buildings and things like that. However, but my goal was to, when I was younger, to grow up and build my own house. And I was just fascinated with tall or peculiar buildings and the designs of them. I was like, you know, you know, I want to build my own house. So I wanted to do that, but that's not what I end up being. <laughs> did you have talent? Like, did you draw or you just, you like the idea of building your own thing? No, I did not know how to draw. And the funny thing is, I wasn't uh, really good at math. I got good grades <laughs> in math, but I just, it was fascinated with the architectural, the design and, you know, the possibilities and how it's constructed and, you know, different materials it can be made out of. So I was just fascinated with the idea. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I want you, in your own words, to tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and why you decided to write this journal. Okay. My pleasure. So first and foremost, I am a child of God. I am a mom. I am a wife. I am an inspirational speaker. I'm a mentor. I'm a realtor. 
I'm a life coach and I am now a first time author. So as women, we wear so many hats. So that's who I am in a nutshell. But really what I am is just a person who enjoys life and who is the peacemaker in a lot of situations. And, you know, that's pretty much who I am. But I, you know, I always put God first, whether it's in front of my marriage, in front of my children, in front of me. So, you know, that's why I had to put a child of God first. You wear many hats. How do you juggle all those hats? Which is why I'm in this on this journey right now. The only <laughs> <laughs> um, which led to this 31 day prayer journal because you know this journal, the scriptures in this journal are my favorite scriptures, and they're the ones who got me through the toughest times of my life. So I just wanted to share what those scriptures look like and to encourage people to write their own scriptures, to write their own, you know, to start on their own journey and to use mine as a template, as a platform because it is scripture and prayer that will you know keep you going in this crazy life where you know wearing so many hats. So how do you, what are some of the challenges that you encountered while you were juggling all those hats? The biggest one is the loss of my first husband at the age of 24. And we had five young kids and it was probably the most devastating thing that anybody could experience. So my memoir will come out in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm sorry, a couple of months. And it will talk all about that journey and where I am today because I did get remarried. But in also having a son who was, you know, 16, 17, being incarcerated, facing the charges of an adult. And that is the one that really shook me to my core and got me on my face. And I found, you know, those little Bibles that people used to carry around, they're orange or they're brown or they're black. Oh, yes. Yeah, with the small little words. That is the one situation that forced me to become a prayer warrior that forced me to learn scriptures and forced me to truly trust God. So when you're in the midst of that, how do you sort of have like the forethought to say, okay, I need to get myself together and pick myself up in order to see my way out of this? Like, was there Uh, a a tipping point and you were just like, okay, I can't do nothing else. So God, I got to lean on you. Or did you always have that spiritual grounding? And it's funny that you should say that. I believe I always had that spiritual grounding. Everybody, I knew that I was favorite because everybody relied on me so heavily. From the time I was 14, my grandmother relied on me. My family relied on me. Friends relied on me. And I was thinking, why me? I kept asking myself as long as I can remember, why me, why me, why me? And it just got to a point when I realized God is using you. And I had to start fighting it. And I don't, mm-hmm. I just start saying, you know, whatever you would have me to do. I said, but since he's using me, that means he knows what I'm going through. And I decided, okay, Lord, now that you know what I'm going through, you are the only one who can get me out of it. So I started tur- turning the tables. I said, listen, I can't do this by myself. You already showed me who I am. So now I have to tell you that I understand who you are. And sure enough, the more I relied on God, the more these challenges came. And I was, God really was my vindicator. He made everything go away. Charges were dropped. Peace came upon me. You know, I was getting yes to certain things. I mean, the tables were truly turning, but don't get me wrong. The problems were still coming in whatever shape, form or fashion, whether it's to your family, whether it's to your kids, your job, your finance, they were still coming. But God was sure enough getting me out of them time and time and time again. And I just say, you know what? I'm trusting you in everything that I do. I am trusting you. I mean, he has been an amazing, an amazing interest part of this journey this did journey you, did you also have like another support system like how was your family 
throughout this process? Like as you were in the midst of dealing with the loss of your husband and all the challenges your son were going, was going through? I don't think I could have done it without my family. One thing we all know is that we don't choose our family. And although at times, you know, we have our seasons where we're not, where we're mad at each other, whatever the case may be, when I needed them most, they were there. I didn't grow up with my mother. I was raised by my grandmother from birth. And so when I lost my husband, my first husband, one of the things my mom said to me, I may not have been there for you then, but I'm here for you now. Changed my life. I love that. Changed my life. And because we weren't a really huggy type of person, we wasn't very affectionate is what I'm trying to say. And so we knew that we cared for each other just by the things we bought each other and the things we, it was just understood. Mm. We didn't do the whole, I love you. We didn't do the hugs. But when she came out of her mouth with something like that, I was like, you know what? Wow. We really do love each other. And my mom and my sister, my aunt, especially the rock of our family, my grandmother, I mean, they were phenomenal. They were phenomenal. They were picking the kids up from school, dropping them off. They were fixing us dinners for a week. They would take them for the weekends and just give me my me time. I mean, I could not have survived, hint, hint, this, that situation and many other situations without the support of my family. So it's funny that you say that because my mom, I had a similar relationship with my mom. I mean, she and I grew up in the same house. She raised me. Uh, My grandmother also, both my grandmothers helped to raise me. And one of them in particular lived with us. But my mom wasn't the huggy, huggy, affectionate type. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I find myself being the opposite. Like I'm Mm -hmm. the huggy, huggy type with my mom. I mean, with my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think in retrospect, it was something that I would have wished that I had. But that Mm -hmm. just isn't my mom's cup of tea. And I understand and respect that. So I think I'm, I don't want to say overly affectionate with my kids, but I'm affectionate with my kids because of that. And I just want them to know that they can express themselves, whether that's to be affectionate or to not be affectionate, as long as they know that I'm there. And I think your mom, and I, I don't know your mom, but you know, she probably, I'm glad that she had the wisdom to say, okay, Mm -hmm. I may not have been there before, but I'm going to be there now because that's probably when you needed her the most. Yeah. And it was really, it really was. And just funny thing, you should say that I had to be taught how to be affectionate to my kids. My oldest son, grandmother, she came to live with me for 13 years after I lost my husband. And she did all the cooking and the cleaning and the babysitting and taking them out. And I would watch her give them hugs when they came in from school. I would watch her do all these things. And then when it was my turn, I'm like, hey, hey, hold up. You know what I mean? And it was just as a true story. And she pulled me to the side one day. She said, you have to let your guards down. She said, you have to. And she actually coached me through how to be affectionate with my kids. And now it's weird. And now I I (laughs) hug on them. I touch them. But had she not done that, I would have been, you know, a product of my environment. Right. Because we end up either either being just like how we were raised or completely opposite because we're trying to run away from you know, the things that we didn't necessarily embrace when we were growing up. Absolutely. So how did your, when you were just still back in that time, trying to go through these challenges, how did you kind of outside of the support system of the church and your spirituality and your family, how did you sort of navigate your your day-to-day life in terms of just kind of picking yourself up and just keep going? Well, at first I was very anxious because my I was already a widow and I didn't want my kids to become an orphan. So I had to be careful about where I go, who I'm around and the things that I did. And it, although I didn't want it to be that way, it had to be that way. So when my friends said, 
say, hey, let's go here. The answer was absolutely not. It, I had to go with my gut feeling because I knew that if something happens to me, mm-hmm. my children will be an orphan. And so I would not let that happen. So I spent a lot of time at home, which is why the kids were always with my mom, always with my grandmother. And they gave me that time to just be by myself. Now, I eventually got into a relationship, but that was still was my safe haven. It was at, you know, his house or my house. It still wasn't out in the in the DMV, you know, my Royal Oaks, right. per se, because I had, you know, also it was an image. You know, I lived in a house with my grandmother and five uncles and my aunt. So I seen where, you know, there was a lot of activity that I didn't like. And I had to, I realized really quickly that I had to shield my kids from any activity that I knew was wrong so they wouldn't pick up, you know, certain habits. So I didn't want them to see with me with different men. I didn't want them to see me doing drugs or, or drinking. And I did have my wine, honey. I had to have my wine. But I was cautious even when I drank. I'm, I'm not a smoker, but I just had to always find myself being cautious. Some people may say it was a good thing, but you know, and then some of the things start creeping in my mind. Well, you're the mom. You know, my, you know, your mother, you say, you're the mom. I can do what I want to do. Do as I say and not as I do. Now, I could have took on that approach, but I decided, you know what? Things have changed. Kids are just different. They're growing up differently. And this is a totally different world than how I grew up. So I just had to be a little bit more conscious. How do you, in terms of, how do you think your kids dealt with that in terms of, did it give them a sense of resilience or how do you think that they kind of managed to navigate through that? They thought I was the strongest person in this world, but on the flip side of that, they didn't understand how I could be so strong. They needed me in a way that I didn't know how, they they needed me in a way that I couldn't figure out how to be there for them. They acted out and they did some, you know, but they were together because it was multiple children. They had each other, but they wanted me to mourn and I wasn't ready to mourn. They wanted me to, you know, they were like, well, why aren't you? They never saw me cry. Mm. And that was on purpose. They never saw me cry. And that was on purpose. And I cried in my room. I cried in, you know, when I was alone, but I never, they never saw me cry because to me, that was a sign of weakness and I wasn't being mom and I just couldn't do it. You do realize that eventually you could break that way, you know? Oh, yeah. All of us like to portray that we're the strong ones, but at some mm-hmm. point we have to be able to have some type of outlet, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through, you know, family and friends and confidants, but it's okay to show that emotional because at the end of the day, you don't want your kids to think that they have to hold it in. Yeah. I it's showed like it a, eventually, but not a, when they needed me to. It's like a double-edged sword, that whole thing called strength and mm-hmm. it could bite you in the... <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. I showed it when I needed to show, when I felt I needed to show it and not when they needed me to. And it should have been the opposite way around. So let's talk about this journal. So I think earlier I said the name of the journal wrong. I think I said the name of your book. Yeah. So the name of the book is called Viber, My Journey from Tragedy to Blessings. And then the, and the spinoff to that book is the I Survive Journal, 31 Day Prayer Journal. The memoir was supposed to come out first, but God saw fit that I, that I you know, published this prayer journal first because people would then understand all of the things I've been through in my memoir, which is why I'm on this peace journey while I'm on this survivor topic and why the book is, you know, what it is. And also it's not about me. So it wasn't about me to release my memoir. It was about to, you know, help others through the 31 day prayer journal. And then God can get to me. (laughs) How, How would you define peace? Like what does peace mean to you? 
piece is just waking up knowing that you can do anything you want to do without people in your ear saying that you can't. Mm. So I used to wake up, first thing I did, you grab your cell phone, you grab this, you grab that, you talk to your spouse or you call your mom or you get ready for work. I wake up in peace. I wake up thinking, what am I going to do today? What am I going to eat today? What am I going to, you know, am I going to take a walk? You know, I, you know, and I wake up saying, you know what, I'm choosing to go read my word first. When, you know, prior to me being on this peace journey, it was about, oh my gosh, I need to call my mother. Oh my gosh, I'm running late for work. Oh my gosh. Oh my, and not saying that I still don't have those feelings. It's just that I moved into a place where no matter what the situation is, it's not going to overtake my mind, body, or spirit. That sounds like you have to be extremely intentional about how you're going to spend your time. How you're going to spend your day. How does that work when you're surrounded by people who don't necessarily have that revelation? You put them on notice. <laughs> it may sound weird, but I remember an incident where I actually called my mom and my sister and told them that I am not going to be able to do what I have always done for them going forward. And I gave them an explanation, which I really didn't have to do. I said, you know, I had a daughter who was going to school. So that was tying up some of my finances. But it's like having the loving conversations with your loved ones. And if they love you, they understood. And I knew that my family loved me. So when I had these conversations, like, listen, I want you guys to be able to do this next journey, you know, do this on your own. And I help them through it. You know, this is how you pay your bills. So this is how you do whatever. All the things that I was doing for my mom, I actually equipped her with how to do it for herself. But I was surprised that when I did tell my mom, listen, I'm not going to be able to do all this stuff for you. She was like, okay. And I'm thinking, what? I should have said this Wait, you could have saved yourself a whole lot of time, yes. heartache, money, etc. She said, okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, life is amazing. From those two conversations in that short period of time, my life has changed because they realized, wait a minute, she's human. Like, I can't believe she's speaking up. So, you know, one of the, on your piece, on this journey, I want people to know that it's okay to say no. No is a sentence. Mm. And if they love you enough, they'll know that no doesn't mean I don't like you. I don't want to do it. It just means I have the right to say no. I can give an explanation or I don't have to. I respect me enough to know that no means no. We teach this to our young, young girls, right? Mm-hmm. We teach this to our young guys. So we have to learn how to be comfortable, make other people uncomfortable. I love that. That is definitely something that I have d- adopted recently. And it it is a journey. It's a process because nobody wants to feel uncomfortable. No yeah. one wants to feel in some ways, it almost for me, at least, sometimes it feels like I don't have control. But when mm-hmm. I really, really focus and I think about it, it's the opposite. It's like, have I have control. I have control of my peace. I have control of my destiny. I have mm-hmm. just been really walking in this authority lately. And I'm just like, oh, I could do what I want to do. I don't care what nobody thinks. I've just been full of myself (laughs) quite frankly Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's all about just kind of owning who I am and owning who you are it is I think the important piece is so like when I think of find your voice and own it really it's finding your voice and owning it it's a journey like it's not a end date to it. You may have peace in this present moment. You may have your voice or your joy or whatever in this present moment, but just like a thief in the night, 
something could happen to you that can disrupt that and make you uncomfortable and try to take it away. So to me, that's why it's a constant journey to keep up with it and to make sure that you're always in tune to how it can impact you or how challenges and obstacles can come to try to distract you from your path and what you have to do in order to focus yourself so you don't then lose that that piece about you. You don't allow other people's lives or problems to interfere. And it's hard. I mean, it's it's, it's extremely challenging. Um, one of the things that I'm I just amazed about is how do you then as you're going through all of this and you know you're on a path, how do you then and you had kids like now, your baby, how old is Noel? Three or four? He's four. He's four, and then the oldest and 20 something. Yeah, 27. So I feel like you're me because my youngest is seven and the oldest is old. (laughs) 20 something. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because it's always, like you said, the whole idea of say not as I do doesn't necessarily work. You have to be an example to your kid. So I'm sure you've been a good example to them. But how do they sort of, how do you make sure that they then keep themselves grounded and then that they understand that they could kind of own who they are and own their peace as well? So my children, like I said, try to get away from that, do as I say, as I try to teach them what I wasn't taught. For example, finances. I said, don't put nobody credit in your name. Don't put nobody car in your name. Don't put nobody apartment in your name. Nobody house, nobody utilities. None of that in your name. And they were thinking, well, why is that? I said, because I'm still dealing with the effects of that. And so now my kids run around here with 700 credit scores at 25 wow. years old. That's and awesome. one look, one his store, she's 24 and looking about, and she's looking to buy a house. So I said, you know, you can't. I try to teach them the things that I wasn't taught. And I try to tell them, you know, again, we, I remember I said my family weren't really vocal people. So I try to tell them all the time, you are beautiful. You are intelligent. You are smart. And so all of those words mean something. And, and I tell them you are different. You know what I mean? And you don't have to, you are a leader. All of these wonderful, wonderful affirmations that I instilled in them. But, you know, but again, just letting them know you have to look out for yourself and it's okay. It is okay. And that's, I think it's important that they understand it. I do find that it's a little bit more challenging for the youngest to understand sort of like the fine line between the things like being a child <laughs> and you still got to do what mommy says versus yeah. kind of them trying to figure out things on their own. And I do try to get him to bump his head himself and to kind of understand, you know, see the lesson in everything. But I will say that that is a ongoing challenge for sure. That's for yeah, sure. the biggest challenge I have if for Noel is with her being four, all of this whole technology, mm. TikTok, social media, making videos and all of these YouTube and all of the other kind of stuff. I'm being very intentional. The key word is intentional about not allowing those things to overtake who she is. Like I constantly tell her, you are Dr. Noel. And my husband says, what if she don't want to be a doctor? That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But today she's Dr. Noel, you know, and I tell her, you know, and I explain to her why you can't get on certain things, why you can't make videos. If something, somebody comes near you that you're not, you don't know, you know, you have to scream. All of these basic things that we as an adult can get so far gone in life that we forget to teach our kids the basics. We always have to go back to the basics with our children and our relationships and our finances, which means, hey, you have to wake up and say, I got to save, right? Right. You know, so back to the basics is how I operate on a lot of different realms in my life. If I knew that, just like manners, when I walk into a door and I I tell my son, wait a minute, you didn't hold the door. Back to Mm -hmm. the basics. You're going to have a wife one day. You're going to have a daughter one day. You're going to be in front of an old lady one day. Back to the basics. Kids don't do that no more. Nobody, nobody reminds them. Nope. 
I still, you know, I said, where's your pants? Even when police come, put your hands on the steering wheel. We used to remind our children of that because it was very necessary, but we're getting so far away because sometimes parents, and I was very intentional about this, not, I was very intentional about not allowing me to always be the parent, but to listen to my children. One, one day I was driving my son home from he said to me you're not listening sometimes you need to listen oh your son said that yeah he said you're not you know you're not listening we don't bounce back the way you do that's what he said that is and from so that- interesting I love that the whole bounce back thing because I have a conversation with one of my friends on a regular basis about how somebody else bounces back much more quicker <laughs> than I do when it comes to certain things. Like I I don't forget certain things. And so sometimes, yeah, so that's interesting. I like that. And I think that is very important because people want, a lot of times people expect people to react the way that they act because their perspective becomes their reality. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily their, the case. Like I can talk about something and it be or have a challenge about something and move past it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I forgot it or that I'm over it. I still remember it and I may not necessarily be as willing to give that person a chance again because I still remember what she did to me. Right, right. It's pros and cons. But um, back to what you were talking about in terms of the kids and just like the little things that you teach them. You're so right. When I grew up, especially with my grandmother, you don't walk into a room when adults talk and you start talking. Exactly. Like the basics. The basics. Like the basics. Excuse me. Excuse me. Right. You know, and I'm not going to go as far as making them say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. However, um, you're not going to call me by my first name. And these kids are calling me, calling me their parents by their first names these days. Mm-mm. No, we're not going to do that over here. Exactly. <laughs> so it's that type of party. Oh, so what is next for Donita? Let's see. So what is next for Donita? I have been working since I was 14. And I, in the very near future, hope to retire with my husband. He's retiring in about three years. And so I told him, you retire, retire. This is how it works. We're a team. And so if we're able to do that, we are looking to move to North Carolina, to the Raleigh-Durham area. I am hoping to become a full-time author and to work probably in my church or just work in a community. I just started a new nonprofit organization called to give and it focuses on our beautiful elderly underserved families and the homeless so I'm looking to direct a lot of time energy and resources into it my nonprofit organization in the very near future and I'm going to write you know more books um, I love it I think I'm moving towards more a children's book also coming out in the next couple months it's called the adventures of ponytail Noel it's a book series so that's bringing me a lot of joy too so I feel like you know and it's based off of not just ponytail Noel learns to ride a bike or, you know, it joins the choir because we don't teach our children how important it is to join the choir, go to Sunday school, how to pray. So again, there you go. Back at the basics. Parents may not have the wisdom to teach their children that, but at least they can purchase a book who will encourage their children to understand and, and know the basics. I love it. I love it. And what about this book? Are we going to see this book come to life? I know you have it in you. I know you've been working on it. You know me very well. We've been on this journey together for the last couple of years. So I have to, I'm being very intentional in February to finish 
the book from cover to cover. Luckily, the book cover is done. I am in the first round of edits. So I'm going to get that out of my hand in the next couple of weeks. But you will see this book in quarter one of 2021. I am in no way trying to put any pressure on you because trust me, I understand. <laughs> I have to put pressure on you. Everything happens for a reason. You're right. You're right. It wasn't time. It wasn't time for that book, but it is time now. I'm excited about people being excited. I think my story, we all have a story. I want to be very transparent and open with my story, which is why God is telling me I need to put this memoir out because I want to show people my life on the page and that if I can get through the things that I've been through in that book, then surely if you're still talking to each other and breathing, you can get through it too. I love it. And you know, you have to come back after the book is out so we can talk about all of the details when you're ready to share. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if what key to sort of finding your voice and owning it, do you wish you had known 10 years ago? I wish I'd known to rely on God at an early age. I wish I had known to, because we, you know, people say, well, you know, their storms or their trials and tribulation, they're going to learn. They're going to learn. Like, I don't want, to. I wish I wouldn't have to learn through trial and error, but I did. I think that had I grasped on to what God was telling me a long time ago, I probably wouldn't have had to go through some of the things I've been through, but also to learn how to say no, learn how to say no, to put me first. I wish I would have learned also that at an early age that it was okay to say no and to be me and to own my peace. I love it. I think that is saying no is so valuable and people, you know, at at least for me, I kind of grew up or in my journey was taught just say yes, say yes, say yes. Like I didn't Mm want to be the difficult one. Mm -hmm. And I thought that saying no was a sign of being difficult or being a challenge or not wanting somebody that another person wouldn't necessarily work with. But I have learned that it's just helping me, especially, you know, this week I've been talking all about boundaries on social media. So to me, that's all about my boundaries and protecting Mm -hmm. my peace, protecting my space in order for me to be the best person that I can be. Because if I'm not the best person I could be, then I'm going to have an empty cup and I'm not going to be able to give to anybody else. So I just tickle pink that you said that. So... So how can people get in contact with you if they, you know, want to learn more about your journey or, you know, definitely want to keep in touch in terms of all of the exciting projects that you have coming up from the nonprofit to the journal and the book. And I know that the journal is available on Amazon. So I encourage everybody. I got my copy. So just um, make sure that you go on Amazon to order your copy. But how else can people get in contact with you? Well, I thank everyone in advance for purchasing that journal. I've been getting a lot of feedback about my story that's in the journal, about the sample prayers, about the quotes, about the topics, about the sample, I mean, about the questions. So it has a lot of valuable pieces in there that's going to resonate with everyone. And it is available on Amazon. You have to just search my name, Donita Fowler. Search I Survived. A lot of stuff comes up, but search my name. But you can also follow me on Instagram, Donita underscore Fowler. And you could follow me on Facebook at Donita Fowler. And you can stay on this journey with me as I navigate through this thing called life. And as I put out more projects for you to read. Sounds good. And we will also put all of your contact information in the show notes for the podcast. And we are excited to take this journey with you. And thank you to all my tribe for listening to another great episode. And thank you again, Miss Donita Fowler. And until next Next week, grace and peace. All right. Love you much. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review because I welcome and value your feedback. 
You can also tag me in your stories at It's On Your Day so I can personally connect with you and know who is in my tribe. I am looking forward to continuing to work with you to write your own story. Until next time, grace and peace.